Welcome to the Airline Pilot Podcast. I'm Jason Ambrosi. We're recording from our first ALPA Executive Council meeting of the year. As we're discussing ALPA business for the new year at this meeting, this is also an opportunity for us to look ahead at our priorities for 2024 with our national officer team and the ALPA Canada president. Today, I'm joined by Captain Wendy Morse, ALPA's first vice president and national safety coordinator. Captain Sean Creed, vice president, administration, secretary. Captain Wes Clapper, vice president, finance, treasurer. And Captain Tim Perry, our ALPA Canada president. Um, we've gotten a lot done, I think would say, you know, we've talked about this before. Uh, in the last year, we've accomplished so many things. We came in with a heads down attitude, some fresh blood, and really, really did a good thing. I want to give a shout out to, to Captain Tyler Hawkins for the, all the effort he put in uh, before Sean took over. Uh, he did a great job and, and brought that youth and uh, enthusiasm to to the national officer team. And uh, now welcome Sean, who just who came in in November to replace Tyler. Sean, since you're the newest member of our team, you know, just just joining us in November, uh, I'm going to put you on the hot seat first. Introduce yourself to to our listeners. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, Sean Creed. I'm a spirit captain uh, based in Chicago on the 320. Uh, you know, I've done a million roles at ALPA. Uh, you know, I started at the local level, just like most people do, uh, working as a local grievance guy, uh, secretary treasurer at an LAC Council 18 Detroit, uh, then serving as the master chairman for two terms. Uh, during 2008-2012, uh, stayed on uh, for another four years after that as the secretary-treasurer for the MEC. Um, took a little break, uh, probably about six months or a year, and then came back uh, working on the National SPSC for several years and still do. Um, also ser- started serving on the Executive Council in 2017, and uh, I'm still here. Um, so I've had a, you know, a wealth of positions I've served in many places throughout the association. You definitely have worn a lot of hats, and uh, I did appreciate everything you've done as a resource coordinator, and now we're, we're continuing the, to use you in, in many different facets as well as the, the VP admin admin role, so, so thank you for that. But you know, now that you've taken this, this office, what do, you, what do you see as your, your priorities moving forward? Well, I mean, there's not a lot of difference between Tyler Hawkins and myself. Uh, you know, he and I had worked several years on the council together. Uh, you know, we're good friends. We still stay in contact with one another. Uh, as the resource coordinator, he and I worked, you know, hand in hand in a lot of the projects. Uh, and so I think going forward, uh, he and I were almost 100% aligned on all the, you know, vision that we both share about bringing people together in the association. And I think, you know, working on the national SPSC, in addition to the resource coordinator, we see more people talking together now. We see more people reaching out where they didn't reach out before. Um, you know, recently we saw the Delta MEC, you know, at United. That would have never happened 10 years ago. So we're kind of seeing a renaissance of the appreciation of the union itself and, you know, people reaching out to get the best practices from another property, large or small, uh, and just building on that and then sharing their success back with other people. So we're really seeing an appreciation of what it means to be a union pilot, uh, irrespective of whatever flags on our tail. And that's, that's key, right? Um, breaking down those barriers. We're all ALPA. We're one union here. And the whole us versus them mentality, we've said it many times on this podcast, too, that that whole us versus them thing is is nuts. And now we, we see collaboration across ALPA better than we have seen in, in a long time. So it's it's really good. And I know that this team here has, been, has put that front and center, and you've been a big part of that. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, going forward, I mean, we're, we're, we're presented with the challenge that we have three generations at any given time in the cockpit. 
And it presents challenges. You know, Gen Xers talking to Gen Z, Gen Y. Uh, but now we're really kind of stripping away that barrier and we're taking the best of all the worlds. Uh, and we're really kind of having that appreciation of what it means to talk back and forth and share vision and show people, you know, coming into the industry in 2001, uh, seeing the bankruptcies and the downturns and the trials and tribulations for a better part of a decade and sharing that for the people who are coming in who've really seen nothing but success. And I wish them nothing but well with that. But saying, you know, hey, if something does change through your 35-year career, this is what you need to look for. And so I think it's important that we're they're, – and they're receptive to that. That's really the good part about it. That's an excellent point, Sean, because there's there's so many new folks. Um, you know, we've been around a long time. You know, everybody at this table's seen the ups and downs. But, you know, the, some of the new folks that weren't around – they weren't even flying at 9-11 or the bankruptcy era or the 08 downturn. And COVID, ALPA, thanks a lot to ALPA pilot volunteers, our excellent staff. We were able to get three rounds of PSP to make it seamless. COVID, you know, global pandemic, it was a seamless paychecks for our members because of the hard work of, of our people and staff. A lot of people don't understand how hard that is. And that that's just how it works, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you take an example, but, you know, coming out of post-COVID, we take a look at, you know, the success at Alaska Airlines, the Delta MEC really embracing that approach that they had at Alaska, you know, one-upping it. And then, you know, we see it United taking it to the next level there and everybody working collaboratively to say, hey, look, let's take this to the next level. And, you know, we really have, we're, we're making best use of our time and resources now as an association. We're seeing it in Canada. I mean, how many times have we had, you, you know, people from U.S. carriers in Canada, Canadian carriers, you know, talking to U.S. carriers, you know, and taking those examples up north to change the industry up there. So we're building on it. Well, thanks for that, Sean. Wendy, since the last time you joined us on our podcast, there have been some significant events and uh, highlighted safety concerns in aviation. Um, tell ALPA what's, what's going on to, to address those. So, Jason, before I get to that, I want to capitalize on what Sean just had to say about we're all in this together. I've thought this for decades. What happens to one happens to all. And it's very important. And I just love seeing what we're doing and how successful we are in getting everybody on the same page. And like you say, helping our neighbors to the north who are in much need of the same kinds of contracts that we've recently gotten. So it's, it's, it's really great. So... Um, the investigation into Alaska 1282 and the 737 MAX 9 is, of course, ongoing, and ALBA continues to work with our partners at the FAA, at Alaska Airlines, and as a party to the NTSB investigation. Another focus this year will be improving how we continue to support pilots to maintain a healthy work environment and enhancing mental health support. That is so important. For nearly 50 years, supporting the mental health of pilots has been crucial. We're also working with the FAA on the Aviation Rulemaking Committee focused on mental health for aviation workers and urging lawmakers and regulators to develop solutions that will address problems with mental health reporting. The idea is to break down barriers that discourage aviation workers from seeking help and to expand federal support for peer support training programs to train peers to confidentially support other workers. So, you know, uh, reflecting back, we both came into this together. Um, I appreciate your, your leadership and as the NSC, uh, you know, think about how many pilot volunteers we have and how many staff uh, folks we have involved in that. You know, did you have any idea coming into this how, how big of an organization we have working every day as the largest non-governmental safety organization that ALPA is? 
The answer is no, I had no idea. And considering that I've been an ALPA member for 40 years, it's just amazing. I wish everyone could see what we see in these offices on a daily basis, just the work that gets done, the emails that get answered at all hours of the night, and all of the organization from the 400-some-odd pilot volunteers to the 24 staff, or soon to be 25 staff that we have, that just do an amazing job, and the expertise is is beyond comprehension. I'm really, really impressed, and I wish everyone could see what we see. Yeah, it's incredible how industry and, and regulators rely on our our people, our expertise. Uh, it, it's it's truly impressive. It's been something awesome to, to see. You think when you get in these roles, you're gonna have, before you get in these roles, you have an idea of what's going on, and all the what's you know all the the resources available. Well, shifting gears a little bit over the over the last two years, we've negotiated a, a slate of incredibly strong contracts, and we're continuing to support uh, the groups like FedEx, Air Canada, ATI, and others that that continue to bargain against intransigent management teams. But we know that contracts are only as good as our ability to enforce them, and many of our carriers are having a hard time uh, with contract enforcement. So to facilitate that collaboration amongst all of our pilot groups, um, we are launching ALPA's first National Grievance Committee. It's hard to believe that all these years we've had a committee dedicated to collective bargaining, which we absolutely should have, right? The collective bargaining committee is where people get together and talk about what one pilot group's priorities are, give ideas, all that stuff. But we've never had a national-level committee on enforcing contracts, a national grievance committee. So I, it's, uh, I'm proud to be part of that process and, and bring that forward. It was an idea from from JetBlue at the Executive Council, and you know, quite frankly, it was like, why have we not thought of that before now? So that's you know, you know, Wes, I, I've appointed you to be the the national officer designee on, on this committee. You know, tell us more about what you think the committee should do, what it should accomplish, and uh, going forward. Well, Jason, I have to agree with you 100%. It amazes me we've gone this long, but right now is the right time. I and mean, as we talked about with other contracts, we're starting to do more of the pattern bargaining. Our contracts are starting to look more alike. And so this is the best time to start realigning that. Uh, me, I'm not much of the safety expertise. I'm more of an industry guy, and so I'm looking forward to help lead this committee. The good thing about ALPA is that we're such a large union that we can identify our common issues across the contracts and share our best practices going forward. You know, identifying the union busting places, finding the places where, where companies find loopholes and go through those loopholes, and then, and then bringing that to the negotiating committees to make sure we don't have those loopholes going forward and then continuing to pattern bargain off of each other. You know, this grievance committee is gonna be a challenge. I love a challenge. I love problem solving. I can't wait for us to get together and start identifying those issues. Another thing, you know, if, you're, if you are a pilot out there and you're experiencing issues with your contract, let us know about it. What I can tell pilots is if it doesn't feel right, chances are it probably isn't right. So it is best to reach out to your MEC, your grievance committee, local council members to make sure we're documenting these issues. Let your MEC know. Let your grievance committee know. Too often we find pilots solving contractual issues with their chief pilot through the open door policy, and then we don't even hear anything about it. You know, and we really need to start making sure pilots use our DART system, use our PDR system, go through this grievance committee so we can work together. Hey, I've seen this movie before. Have you seen this over at JetBlue? Yes, we've seen it. This is how we solved it. And I think that collaboration of working together is essential for this committee to be successful. Yeah, so, you know, in that, in that light, 
many pilots, and I, I was one of those when I was a blissful line pilot, that you don't know what areas of the contract are being violated sometimes because you don't take the time when you have, you know, contracts that are as thick as some of our contracts to, to know all of it. So areas that are commonly missed, you can be identified by this committee, and then that can help with an education series, which um, – um, I, you know, we're going to, we're going to keep an eye out for a grievance related series in the airline pilot magazine this year. That's going to, to carry that forward. Well, thank you, Wes. Um, I can say that I, I share the excitement on the, on the national grievance committee, because this is a, is definitely a, a cool thing to be part of standing up something that, that, that hasn't been done before and seems so obvious, right? Um, all right, shifting lastly over, but not least, of course, to, to my friend, Tim, our Alpa Canada president. So, uh, Tim, I think this is the first time on on the podcast. So, um, introduce yourself for for our listeners. Thanks, Jason. Um, good to be here. I'm a WestJet pilot for the last uh, 14 years, uh, captain on the 737. Uh, been in this position for the last five years. Started out doing Alpa work as a local council rep at Calmere in northern Manitoba. Um, was on the front end of the uh, organizing uh, campaign at WestJet and. Uh, Served as the uh, WestJet uh, MEC vice chair for a couple of years as well, and uh, really glad to be here. Thanks. Well, we uh, we appreciate your leadership and, and your collaboration with us here south of the border. You know, you've had a massive year for growth in Canada. I, you know, with with Air Canada, uh, especially bringing them back into the into the fold here is has been awesome. What uh, tell our listeners about what that means for the pilots of Canada? Yeah, it's pretty hard to uh, overstate how how huge the growth has been and what it's meant for us. We've effectively doubled in size. And with that, we've doubled uh, our influence, our relevance on Parliament Hill, uh, our ability to coordinate, our ability to support uh, all the MECs um, north of the border. We've staffed up to to help out in that respect as well. So really, we're, we've grown so much, and, and it's really helped us be effective in everything that we're doing. Yes. I mean, we added... What over five thousand pilots from five different airlines uh, last year, just just in Canada alone. So. Yeah, we've we've added Air Canada, but also Air Inuit, Kuwait, and Lynx and Pascan, and so um, really, right now, we're representing like ninety five percent of the unionized pilot workforce in the country. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of room to grow, but right now, our membership really does reflect the professional pilot group in the country, and and that's really really exciting. Um, and it's allowed us to really broaden um, the work that we're doing. That's great. You know, looking at a year ahead, obviously last year was a good year, but, you know, obviously WestJet, we were still helping Air Canada, you know, fight the fight to get, get uh, close the gap with us here south of the border on their contract. But what do you expect the main focus to be for, for Canada in 2024? Well, absolutely. We're going to support uh, the Air Canada pilots who are in bargaining, and they have a big contract negotiation that they're underway with. And uh, we also have bargaining ongoing at uh, PAL Aerospace. That's been ongoing for a long time. We want to get that one done. Those pilots deserve uh, a strong, strong contract. Um, and we're also in bargaining at WestJet Encore. In fact, they've just filed for conciliation recently. So they've started the clock. Uh, that means in 90 days, we could be uh, without a contract. We could be in a strike lockout position. So it's all hands on deck for the WestJet Encore pilots. So... That's key. So uh, just if you could take two minutes to explain the difference, you know, south of the border, we're under the Railway Labor Act. Um, the process to getting to self-help or a strike is, is very long and protracted down here. 
Um, it is still possible uh, for those that say it's not there. That's factually incorrect. It's still possible, but it's a long process in Canada. Uh, this conciliation process gets you on that clock to to a strike, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, when either party uh, indicates to the to the minister of labor that there's an impasse, uh, they write the minister, and and that begins the clock that enters that pilot group or that um, that negotiation session into conciliation. That's a 90 day process, give or take, uh, where um, a federal conciliator is appointed. And that's really the uh, the mediation process, I think, under the Railway Labor Act, um, or similar to that. But uh, it's a federal conciliator that's going to aid the bargaining, and it really does put pressure on the parties to get somewhere and, and get the work done. And oftentimes, uh, it really brings the focus that's needed for airline managements to give uh, serious, serious considerations to what the pilots need to see. Heck yeah. I mean, it's a 90-day clock to you being able to exercise a strike. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, wow, that's leverage. So I, I could see how you guys could really use that to your advantage in, yeah, it, in Canada. For sure. I mean, so it, it, we definitely have to stay coordinated when we do hit the button. And the, uh, you know, all of the, all of the resources here at ALPA, uh, you know, get directed to all the resources that are needed get directed to this um, to this bargaining or any pilot group in bargaining at that juncture. But yeah, it's, it's exciting. Um, and it's, uh, I, I see good things for the Western Encore pilots. Yeah, I guess you, you have to obviously use that judiciously because if you have too many open items, now you're limiting yourself to that, that smaller window. So you should try to get as much stuff out of the way before you get there. But clearly, uh, the Western Encore pilots have not been getting the attention they need from, from their management, and, and this was the time. I was, yes. I was happy to sign that, that letter. Absolutely. You know, at the same time as that uh, conciliation process can be really valuable, it uh, it also starts a clock that puts a lot of pressure on 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 bargaining. And sometimes those negotiations need time for all of the all of the important parts of a collective agreement to be properly discussed at the table. So you don't want to do that too early. uh, But when it's time, it's time. and, And it's all hands on deck for the Encore pilots. Makes sense. Anything else? Um, well, in addition to supporting bargaining, we have a couple of pretty big legislative things sort of going on. Um, so in Canada, we're always uh, working uh, in support of the flight time, duty time regulations. So as the Canadian pilots know, and as everyone here in the room knows, we're, uh, we've got uh, newish uh, flight time and duty time fatigue regulations. But Enforcing them, interpreting them is is um, sort of nonstop work. There were some issues with them when they uh, were finalized into law. And so we are working with Transport Canada and the minister's office to make sure that they're fairly applied. And um, so that, that work really never ends. It's interpretations, but it's also making sure that exemptions uh, that uh, companies will sometimes apply for uh, are not issued improperly. So we're just keeping a, a close, watchful eye on both how the regulations are applied, but also uh, any of those uh, exemptions that sometimes get applied for. Yeah, it's, uh, that's constant work on, on both sides of the border is, is making sure that people don't try to take advantage of loopholes and, and write their own meetings to safety regulations that we've fought hard to, to, to get. Yeah, and in addition to the, the flight time and duty time stuff, we've got uh, Bill C-58, uh, and so we had um, uh, 
a big win in the fall where uh, our language, our ALPA proposed language on uh, the maintenance of activities or essential services um, regulations under the Canada Labour Code uh, were, were introduced and it was closing a long time, a long standing loophole uh, on um, how an air operator or an airline could assert that they were an essential service. And um, that was weaponized and misused uh, mm-hmm. and has been for decades. And we've got very, very strong language that's been introduced in Parliament. And so going into 2024, we need to make sure that that withstands the, um, the gauntlet that is the parliamentary process. So all the committee work and the Canada Gazette process, we need to make sure that uh, that, those, um, that that language that we introduce withstands that and, and, and sees the light of day at the end of the process and becomes law. So that's a big, um, that's a big effort, and that's going to um, require um, all of our effort up at Alpha Canada, and, and I think uh, we'll be looking to the members for support there too. That's great. I mean, that's a that's definitely a that's definitely a, a win for 2023, but the fight is ongoing. So, uh, well done, and let us know what you need. Great, thank you. So last year, we negotiated industry-leading contracts that advanced the careers of tens of thousands of pilots. We defended against attacks on safety, and we improved our ability to do the hard work of enforcing those contracts. All of this took a unified voice of a strong union. When we speak with one voice, we can accomplish a lot. And going into 2024, we have the opportunity to build on that success. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Airline Pilot Podcast. And thanks for sitting down with me, Wendy, Sean, Wes, and Tim. Again, I can't say enough how proud I am to work with such a great team of not only national officers, Tim, all of our pilot volunteers, and the excellent staff we have here at at ALPA. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss any of our episodes. And if you enjoyed this episode, let your fellow crew members know about the show. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover, reach out to podcast at alpa.org. To listen and subscribe to Airline Pilot Podcast or learn more about ALPA, check us out online at alpa.org or find us on all major podcast platforms. Until next time, this is the Airline Pilot Podcast. Production copyright ALPA 2024, all rights reserved. Thanks and have a safe flight.